Hi. <coughs> Hi, and welcome to episode 13 of Walk to Work. Today I want to uh, do an episode about learning and talk about three related slash slightly unrelated concepts. Uh, the first of which is uh, the zone of proximal development or ZPD. The second of which is scaffolding. And the third is interleaving. Um, where these kind of intersect is that they're very much um, about the improvisational aspects of teaching. And these improvisational aspects are challenging anyway, and even more challenging when we're teaching partner dancing, because we're often teaching partner dancing um, as a pair. And so this intuition of how we need to meet students where they're at is more challenging to to focus on together uh, and to, to, to agree on together and to commit to together. So uh, the zone of proximal development, if I remember correctly, goes all the way back to Piaget, not quite sure. Uh, basically it's the idea that uh, you have the place that you're in and then you have the things that you definitely can't learn because you're not ready for them. And in between you have this zone of proximal development, the place that you can move into with the help of a teacher. And it's really interesting this with the help of a teacher because it kind of gives the idea this is the role that teachers have. Uh, the teacher can support you uh, on your journey into your zone of proximal development. Uh, if the teacher tries to support you too far, you won't get there. And if you're trying to do it without the help of a teacher, presumably you couldn't get there either. Uh, so I'm not sure about this without the help of a teacher. I'm not sure how much the zone of proximal development is um, like a hard thing for a given person at any given time, uh, or if uh, what the teacher does uh, is altering it the whole time. Um, just randomly, it makes me think of uh, one way of thinking of leading is that I'm always leading my partner in a straight line. I'm just redefining uh, space uh, so that the, 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 the direction, the place of that next straightness is slightly different. Um, uh, and this manipulating space idea kind of means that where I'm going next is always the same place. It's into the space uh, as a follow. And so where I'm leading my follow is flowing from where they are to where they're going. And that flow is going to always exist. And it's just my definition of where they're going. And so somehow maybe teaching is a little bit like that. Um, like that someone is ready to flow into their zone of proximal development and it just depends what shape I give that zone and how attainable I make it. The uh, reason I'm thinking of this for, for one thing is um, if in warm-up um, I do some work uh, on uh, some body mechanics work to help people, not even actually explicitly mentioning it, but like just um, doing things to increase proprioception of where the femur head hits the pelvis. This will result in people having better balance. It will result in people having clearer weight transfers. 
um, it will result in people being more ready and able to pivot than um, they would have been otherwise. Uh, and so that's the way, I'm not sure if that affects the zone of proximal development or if it affects something different. Because also it maybe makes them more ready to do a thing and then by doing the thing you can then revisit the thing more easily because you've already done it once but it doesn't necessarily make people more able to learn the thing so yeah not quite sure where that fits in um, and then the way that we do the other way that we do this is through scaffolding so scaffolding has this idea um, it's not quite scaffolding as you do with a building uh, it is and it isn't I think of scaffolding as kind of the thing that holds everything in place while it's being built and then with the key idea in learning you can gradually remove the scaffolding uh, and it remains intact you don't have to remove the scaffolding all in one go you can also kind of put it back take it out as this process uh, is sometimes known as uh, fading uh, and a key thing in instructional design is what the scaffolding is going to be and then how you're going to fade that scaffolding uh, so one example, at the beginning of a uh, class you might count people in and you're like five, six, and five, six, seven, eight, and here we go. Um, and you could do that the whole class and some teachers tend to do that. They tend to keep the, the amount of scaffold um, similar. Uh, either just because they're, they're not thinking about, oh yeah, I could actually trust students with this, or because they're not thinking it as a fadeable scaffold, they're just thinking it as a, a feature of teaching. Um, and then so some things you can do is uh, have students join in, so you go five, six, and they go five, six, seven, eight. Uh, you can not do that, and then that expectation of it being a stressful thing that you have to learn um, is not there. That's an interesting alternative approach. Just be like, the music will tell you when to start. Start when the music tells you. And at first, maybe you mess it up, but it doesn't really matter very much. Um, and the other thing you can do is gradually fade it out. So once you say it, and once you don't. Uh, and then the interesting thing is you can come back and say it again. Um, and so... I especially think of scaffolding in dance instruction about the teaching, uh, sorry, about the counting. Um, also about the pointing out of transitions if you're learning choreography. Uh, you also see that in contra dancing, uh, callers can gradually call, uh, remove more and more of the instruction uh, as people get uh, the thing. Um, and then this is related also to uh, interleaving. So if you have a 60 minute class the and you have three things you want to do, like you want to work on some solo things, uh, you want to work on some partnered connection exercises and then you want to work on a move. And so it's tempting uh, and probably those are connected. Uh, like maybe a move is some kind of fishtail thing. Uh, so uh, you work on solo fishtails uh, and then you work on uh, partnered connection, feeling twists in spine, and then you put it all together and you work on uh, leading and following fishtails. Um, 
the temptation uh, for this is to be like, okay, uh, suppose it's 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Uh, I'm going to do all my fishtailing, all my partnered connection exercises, and then all my uh, doing fishtailing partnership exercises. And they, they group together nicely, it makes sense. Um, and so the thing that uh, people found with interleaving, so this was, this is research that's had more been done uh, specifically on uh, recall situations. Uh, is that basically if you um, are trying to memorize a thing, uh, the first time that you make the mistake about the thing, so you learn, what's, uh, what's apple in French? I don't know, it's bum. Um, from there, there's kind of a drop-off rate. And so the longer it takes until you next have to recall uh, bum, the less likely you are to remember. And the shorter it takes, uh, the more likely you are. If we take this to one extreme, you say bum, and then you say what's apple in French, and you're like bum, and then you're like what's apple in French, and you're like bum, and you're like what's apple in French, and you're like bum. Um, but from there, your drop off of recall is kind of the same. Um, and so what you do is you go back to some other word, uh, you learn some other words, and then at some strategic point you're like, what's apple in French? And in between you've had 10 words or 15 words or 100 words, and then suddenly you're like, oh, I've been gradually forgetting what apple is in French. But if you remind me, it pushes that curve back up again. Um, and it does something about the angle. It You have a slightly less the, the drop-off rate kind of stays the same so at first you have a very steep drop-off rate and then you gradually have a flat drop-off rate uh, as if you have completely forgotten the word apple um, or are no more likely as time passes to forget the word apple um, and yeah so there's something about uh, bringing the word apple back at sufficiently distant intervals that it prompts new recall or prompts new learning uh, and sufficiently close intervals that it catches it before you had a chance to forget it. Um, and so this works for most uh, memory activities and I think it works for physical body activities as well is basically instead of going A, 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 B, 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 C, C, C you interleave and you go A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C, or some other variation um, uh, around that. Um, and this works really well in movement uh, for multiple reasons. I was talking about that in the, the uh, rant about uh, lines in African dance class. Um, as you're coming back up the sides of the room, you're not doing the thing, and you're giving your body the time to work on it without working on it. Uh, so that's a bit what you achieve through sleep. Uh, you let your body kind of reorganize itself, you let your brain reorganize itself. Um, you can do that through uh, lunch break. Whenever I'm teaching day-long workshops, I like to often start off after lunch with the same difficult thing that we did before lunch, because we do the difficult thing before lunch, 
uh, the body's like, okay, this is difficult, starting to get it. And then it takes lunchtime where you're actually not doing it to process it. Uh, the other thing I like to do is front-loading difficult things in class. So you do your most difficult thing at the beginning of class, uh, and then you let it sit for 20 minutes, half an hour, and then you do it again, and then you use it. Um, and it's, uh, it's given those 20 minutes of, even though we were doing other things, we were learning other things in the meantime, uh, it's given us that opportunity to have uh, the same thing, but with enough distance or enough time passed. Um, so then that, that fishtail class might go better looking like, say I have um, two parts of fishtail. I want to do a full body rotating fishtail where my upper body and my pelvis both rotate. And then I want to do a kind of more swiveling fishtail where, um, uh, where my torso stays facing front uh, and only my hips pivot. Uh, and so maybe rather than do first one part of the fishtail and then add the second part, uh, both in those first 20 minutes, maybe I could add the first part of the fishtail with the full body rotation. Then I could work on partnering with uh, mirroring full body rotations. Uh, and then we could actually put that proto fishtail uh, into partnership. Uh, and then once we've done that, we would come back to a better version of fishtail. Uh, we would work on not full body, but spine twists and leading and following those. And then we would put our full fishtail in partnership. Um, this is a completely random example, by the way. Uh, not sure, I w uh, or not so much random as made up completely on the spot. Uh, I'm not sure I have any interest in teaching that class. I'm also not sure I have no interest in teaching that class. I'm just saying I haven't actually thought about this class at all. Um, except as an example for this. Um, and the, 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 there's costs. There's two costs. Um, there's, there's the clear advantage of doing this. Uh, that, you'll, that people are better um, at learning with uh, interleaving. At least memorization, that's definite. Less sure about body things, but my anecdotal experience is it works pretty well. Um, and the, the trade-offs for the students, it's a lot of context switching. We're doing the solo work, and then we're doing the partnered work, and then we're doing the other work. Um, and it's kind of, uh, for a lot of classes, you're a little bit stressed out, and you're sort of wondering what's coming next, what, what's the goal of this class, what am I learning? Um, or even just, am I going to be comfortable in the next half hour? Are we following some established predictable pattern that I can relax into? Uh, and if you have too much context switching, that, that upsets that a little bit. But you can also uh, establish the regular pattern of ABC as the pattern, and we do ABC three times in class. And uh, that also kind of works. Um, and so especially for movements with, with layers in, that seems really useful. Uh, you could also quickly add all three layers, move on to partnering, uh, and then just repeat the same sequence three times. I'm less sure about that one. That one seems a little less obviously useful. Uh, but there would also be something to, to, to be said for that. Um, uh, the other cost is for teachers. Uh, it's that you have to improvise this a lot more. 
uh, you have to memorize this a lot more. It's a lot more, uh, it just requires a lot more thought process overhead. Um, and often when we're teaching, we're trying to like check out how everyone's doing, uh, how far we can go, how much time we need. We're doing a lot of mini micro improvising. Uh, one of the terms for this is orchestration. Uh, it's kind of like you're um, setting up your classroom like uh, the, the, um, uh, a conductor uh, conducting an orchestra. Uh, and that, well, basically everyone is actually doing their thing and you can't do their thing for them. You can only set up uh, the, the combined doing of the thing together. Uh, and that, that takes up a lot of processing time if you're using also that processing time to figure out how best to interleave and doing your own context switching um, that, and remembering, oh yeah, so instead of remembering, oh yeah, I have three transitions to manage, suddenly you have, well, two, one from A to B, one from B to C, suddenly you have nine transitions to manage uh, and it's a lot more likely that you might uh, go wrong um, according to how you'd intended. What was my other thing? I had something else I was thinking. Oh yeah, and this is, this is a common thing with the, the, the fading out of scaffolding. Um, suddenly, instead of just remembering to say five, six, seven, eight, uh, or to count your steps the whole time, you're having to think, oh, how, where am I in my fade out process? How much longer do I have to stay with um, counting all the steps? Um, how much longer do I have to stay with describing all parts of the movement? Uh, how long have I been in this intermediate stage? Suppose you have like five stages of fade out that you've thought of, like you need to stay in all of them for some amount of time. You have to remember all that, that's really challenging. Um, oh yeah, and also thinking of movement. Uh, so one of the reasons I really like also the interleaving uh, is often we sort of start off with exercises of some kind. Uh, and we could actually just start off with moves. So there's a big argument that's uh, a strong argument, I mean, for you want to work on a move, let's start with showing the move, asking students to do the move. And then maybe the students could do the move, in which case we can move on to something else. Um, or we can refine the move rather than spending 20 minutes learning the move. Uh, and this is included kind of in drawing on prior experience and figuring out what prior experience students have. Um, but the, the, the other thing is that the, the, the move, it doesn't have to be a move, like I hate teaching moves, I generally don't teach moves, but the, 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 fully, the full thing that you will actually do in partnering, uh, that you will actually do on the social dance floor, the, the dancing, the full dancing. So you could do a class also of full dancing and then you don't have that problem. But assume you're not doing full dancing, you need at some point to take whatever you're working on and put it in full dancing so that people get context for it. Uh, try it out to music, try it out with a partner, that kind of thing. Um, and having the context for it then gives people um, an extra ability to return to the exercise of it. Uh, one, because um, having seen it in context, it makes more sense. You see, oh, if I keep my upper body uh, facing center clearly, then we have this swivel in my spine and we have a quiet upper body. Whereas if I sort of half do it and half turn it, well suddenly we have a really noisy upper body which is both twisting spine and changing plane at the same time and that's extra difficult uh, to, 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 to follow and to perceive. And so you see, oh this is why we're doing this thing this way. 
or same thing if you have a losey balance version of a fishtail well losing your balance solo is a little bit of an upset but it's fine losing your balance partner means that you're losing the other person's balance as well or making it much more tricky for them to keep their balance um, and so it gives you extra context to realize oh yeah these are things that I have to nail when we're doing the solo exercise uh, and the, the last thing is that it gives extra motivation uh, oh this is the cool thing I can do if I master this skill that's why we're doing this drill let me do this drill um, with the knowledge of why I'm doing this drill and how great it will be for me to master this, this, uh, the, the, the skill that we're drilling. Um, yeah, and that one's also a challenge one because it's like you start from the basics and you build on top of it, um, but you also need to kind of flip from that. You start with a finished thing and you break it down and you have to manage all that again uh, as an instructor it's super challenging. So anyway, if you're an instructor, uh, try out this interleaving, try out this fading, let me know how it uh, goes on. Uh, and if you're a student, um, or oh, I mean most of us are students, when you're learning I mean, uh, you can put in your own. Like you can figure, oh, how does this thing that we're drilling fit into a wider context? What would this look like in partnership? Uh, what aspects of the solo thing that we're doing do I need to focus on to make the finished product be better? Uh, you can do a little bit of interleaving. Like if you had a drill at the beginning and you have a break, you can redo the drill and kind of work through uh, the, the, the recall on your own. And you don't have to do this sort of intensely, full bodiedly You just have to kind of poke at your brain a little bit with what did we do? Oh yeah, we did that thing. What were the important features of it? Oh yeah, it was that, that and that. So it goes rock, step, step, badoon, kum, cat. Um, and you just do it a couple of times um, and, and it has benefits um, yeah uh, and you can also work on your own uh, kinds of scaffolding uh, where you see oh what's the, what information is the teacher giving us regularly that I'm kind of relying on as a scaffold and can I deliberately not listen to this information and figure it out on my own yeah uh, try out those things I will see you next time and until then, take care.